so when moderator makes the remarks about Fergus denying parts of himself, he, the querent, Fergus's ego or whatever, he starts to make a face and then stops. As far as he can tell, moderator doesn't embellish or lie or um, editorialize at all, so he just grudgingly accepts it as the truth. And where he was sort of walking forward hurriedly to sort of rush past what he was seeing and, like, move on to the next thing, he slows to a halt, and he looks at the two playhouses that represent his other selves. And he glances back and forth between them for a moment, and then he turns to the one that represents Grey. He doesn't even turn his head, he just sort of turns his shoulder and his elbow. Just sort of kind of part of his torso moves toward it. He's still looking at Moderator. He says, I... I... I'd rather you were here for this. Could, could you... Moderator just nods. So he walks into the playhouse with the sad exterior. The gloom inside is like... No, it's not like. The gloom inside is the gloom of several apartments he spent time in as a kid with the lights shut off for an unpaid electric bill. And that means unpaid for a long fucking time. I don't know how many of you out there are paying electric bills, um, but, like, at least in the state where I live, you have to un unpay your bill for, like, six months before they cut you off. So this is the sort of off-the-grid squalor Fergus grew up in. The light in this theater is late afternoon sun coming in through a dirty window pane. And that just sort of suffusing the whole structure. Just a sort of indoor twilight. The first... He, he goes in the front door and the main part well okay just inside the front door is the lobby and in the lobby there's a 15 year old Fergus in a vest and a, a tie and like hand me down chinos or you know slacks or something He's, he's a, he's an usher. And, um, his features are 
sort of disproportionate with puberty. He hasn't, like, grown into his face yet. And he's there in this get-up, uh, looking at the floor. No one's coming in. He's holding a roll of programs in one hand, and he's sort of, like, flexing his hand involuntarily, and he's crumpled the programs up. And Fergus... looks at his younger self and uh, glances over at <clears throat> moderator. The tie. Uh, you, you remember the tie, of course. The moderator just says, Yes, we didn't show father but Mother saw. I'm just going to leave that one. Uh, Quarant Fergus goes over to the, the younger version and sort of looks down at the top of his head. It's like, it's... It's cunning work. I... He reaches around to the back of the neck and lifts an almost invisible string off of it. And it extends up toward the ceiling. He just sort of lifts it up. He pulls back just enough to, like, lean the head up. The puppet that's there as his younger self. And the eyes are just blank, white and they they roll up a little bit just to show like a painted on iris and then he slowly lets it go lets it sink back down to where it was he says it's uh, accurate enough to my mood in those days moderator shakes his head he's like that's not entirely true. We... There were things inside the doors. And around the back. That made this different. Fergus. Shrugs. Says, You're the one who insisted I sh shouldn't deny what... Moderator just sort of holds up a hand and nods. Says, you're right. Continue. He pushes open the double doors that lead into the theater. And there's a column of light coming through diagonally across the stage. It's like one stage lamp. You know, like a... a spotlight. But it's not really on anything. There's there's nothing on the stage. Um, the theater's filled with 
old wooden chairs. Several of them have, like, fallen apart or rotted out. There's a balcony. Part of it is crumbled. Everything is... There's just, like, dust motes hanging in the air, hardly moving. Fergus and the moderator walk in, and he, uh... He looks around. He's like, it was never... It was never so lifeless. There were... He just he turns his right hand, palm up, and just curls his fingers a few times. Ushers rise from the seats, a few guests, actors on the stage. The strings are barely visible, but Fergus and moderator know they're there. Or can see where they all converge at a point on the ceiling. They just settle back and watch for a while. There's a loop going. The ushers bring patrons to their seats. Patrons sit. The actors play out a farce on the stage. Everyone bows. Patrons get up and leave. And the cycle repeats. Since there's no time here, this just goes on for a while. Fergus watches four or five or six loops. Moderator turns to him at some point. It's like, there's a difference, as you know, between observing and wallowing. Fergus just sort of nods. It's like, the real action, as someone would say, was never here anyway. This was a, at best, a diversion. I never got to see the end of anything anyway. Moderator shakes his head. No, you only got to see the end. They walk to a side door. It just opens in front of them. They go into a, uh, like a little access hallway. The hallway takes them around backstage. Prop table, swords, hats, books, and a, uh, a lamp that uh, is like pre-broken. It's a you know a stage lamp that's gonna fall and snap in half in this particular way, and then just snap back together. There's a what's meant to be a hand mirror that isn't a mirror. big gaudy piece of jewelry and all sort of hovers in the air as they walk past S moves around, switches positions sits back down on the table Fergus isn't even really looking at it there are other puppets back here in their own little loops one with a broom sweeping one 
putting tape on the floor. One with a clipboard and a flashlight. They're all him. They're all versions of him. Slightly different ages. Postures, maybe. They do a complete loop around the back. The stage in this theater is a proscenium stage. So the audience are the fourth wall. They walk from stage right all the way around to stage left backstage. And they're passing more and more versions of him the whole time. There's one that's just sitting, legs crossed, back against the wall, reading a book. There's one that is leaning out an open door, trying a cigarette, coughing, throwing it away, so on and so forth. They walk past all of that. Fergus is just sort of breathing it all in. He, they, he and moderator get around, they get around to the side, he, he looks onto the stage. Um, they're all the way stage left now, and he stops in the, in the wings and looks onto the stage, and, uh, from this point of view, the actor puppets look almost two-dimensional. And, uh, in the light, the strings are glaringly obvious. He sort of turns to look at Moderator and glances back at the strings, and Moderator shrugs. We knew they were here before this. This just... And Fergus cuts in. Made it plain. Another door into the access hallway on the other side opens in front of them, and it takes him back past this office. Uh, he glances in there, and there's a there's a director puppet sitting at a desk, covered in papers, looking at a, a hunched-over Fergus puppet in a chair. They make... Uh, small gestures to each other, but they don't say anything. Fergus just sort of pauses in the doorway and watches this loop a couple of times and then shakes his head and keeps going. They go up to a staircase. And up in the attic, above the stage, there's a version of him that looks much more like he looks now sitting in this nest, this big web, all these strands, all these strings, they're all, like, wrapped around his fingers, his wrists, his arms, his elbows, his shoulders, and, uh, he's just, like, hugging his knees to his chest. He'll, like, look to the side, Every now and then, there's this, like, attic window, and he'll turn his head to look out that window. And when he does, strings pull. And they can hear the sort of faint 
rasping sound of puppets below moving. Turns the head back, pulls the knees tighter. Something else shifts. The hands curl and uncurl. It's not gray, but moderator gestures to it in a somewhat differential way as if it were. It's just like, you could never get away from this. This is at your core. The room that this figure is in is somewhat revealing. There's a sleeping bag there. There's a gallon jug of water. There's a little, uh, you know, nightstand, so to speak, made of like a couple of milk crates. Clear evidence someone has been living here for a while. But also like a backpack. You know, items that are a bit brighter, that don't belong here, but are here for the moment. Things that, things that have left and come back. Fergus looks at the moderator and he's like, I don't care to dwell on this. It's dangerous. Yes, this is, this is where I learned the tragedy of the world. Really learned that that's what all of the, it was where I could put a name to the all of the deranged and meaningless things that happened all those places they wanted me to call home but but down there any gestures through the floor to all the loops they've walked through nothing changes it's 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 stagnant it's Moderator just says, death. You remember bits of Freud from university? It's the death drive. This is the place where you realized you wished you had never been born. Fergus just sort of sits down. He looks at the figure wrapped in all of the strings. He just says, yes. Then he gets up, and he walks over to it, and looks up at him, and he looks up at the ceiling, and he says, Exquisite work. And he reaches over to the top of the figure's head, and plucks its string from among the hair. Pulls it taut, not in the direction of the head, like he's not pulling the head up, he pulls down on it from the ceiling. And he pulls it taut so that it vibrates. And in a just sort of twinkle, a just shift of perception, he and moderator are on the roof of this building with gray. And the landscape all around is just a washed out like Rust Belt suburb kind of environment. 
like some buildings, some empty lots, like a sad basketball court, a wrecked car, just like, ugh, just a ugh place. And Gray is... Gray is sitting, cross-legged, and manipulating the puppet that's manipulating all the other puppets with his left hand. With his right, he's, uh, he's just sort of holding the left wrist, just like rubbing at it. And Fergus looks down at it and he's like, stop that. We never... Moderator just puts a hand on his shoulder. Gray looks up. Just says, If I ever stop, what becomes of them? Their little loops. Their little lives. I have no choice. And Fergus draws up to his full height. He looks, he's just like biting back a vicious comment. He turns and glares at moderator and moderator just shakes his head. And the anger just sort of puddles out of him. And he reaches down and he puts his hand on Gray's shoulder and he says, You've taken excellent care of them. Uh, thank you. Gray just nods. He didn't even really hear. And Fergus looks at moderator and they're in front of the door again. Shivers theatrically. He says, the, the value of this, I, 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 it's not, the value is that it's true. Fergus turns and looks across the, uh, it's not a street, but he looks across at the other, building the theater made of aggressive architectural choices. He's like, I'd, uh, I know what's going to happen in there. We're, we're going to look, yes, this, and he gestures at Gray's theater. This, this is, I, I, I can't deny all of that sorrow is, is where I began, nor, and he gestures to Sharp's theater. The anger that came after it. But neither of them is, is safe. This, pointing at Gray's again, isn't safe for me. The moderator says, nevertheless, without the two of them, where would we be? Look. So, sort of glaring at him, Fergus uh, chooses to hover slightly off the ground and 
levitate over. He just sort of glides over the ground through the front door of Sharp's Theater. Inside Sharp's Theater, there is not a normal lobby. The lobby is a small box. It's like an elevator. But when he gets in and moderator gets in and they pull the doors closed behind them, it doesn't move up or down. It moves to the left. And it does so quickly and it comes to a sharp stop and then it spins and the doors open and they're compelled to jump out because it twitches like it's about to start moving again. This puts them in a small hallway, very tight, like if he were a dude with broad shoulders, they'd be rubbing against the wall. Every so often along this corridor, every like five and a half feet, there's a window, and in each window he can see something different. Each of them is uh, looking in on a box. Um, it's not a cage, it's like a display case, and in each one of them, an object is moving around in peculiar ways. Um, in one of them, it's a dinner plate. In one of them, it's the uh, monitor to an old computer. In one of them, it's a uh, compass like you use in geometry class. You know, one of them is a fork. And they're all moving around in these precise patterns very quickly. Fergus looks in at each one kind of shakes his head at a couple of them. He gets to one, and it's a Rubik's Cube. And a moderator stops and sort of looks at it approvingly. And Fergus looks back at him, and he's just like, show off. At the end of the hall, there's another door, and they get into another elevator box. This one moves over and then down and then forward and then up and then to the right, you know. Fergus has been sort of counting, I mean estimating, but counting distances, and they've moved farther now than should be included within the building. Like if this were an actual physical space, they would be outside of it. It's bigger on the inside than it appears on the out, of course. This second uh, elevator box dumps them out into a, a big, wide-open area. It opens out onto the stage, and this theater is a theater in the round, or theater in some other three-dimensional shape. Um, theater in the dodecahedron or something. There are seats in all different directions. Some of them are... Uh, hanging from the ceiling instead of, you know, being built up off the floor. Sharp is in the middle of it and is gesticulating wildly as objects whiz around the stage and out into the seats and, like, fly into these tubes in the walls. Um, there are you know, the doors of boxes opening, like the, like he opens the, 
the box with the fork in it from the back and takes the fork out and puts something else in there. Things are whizzing around at very dangerous speeds, and he doesn't even turn around when Ferguson Moderator show up, but everyone knows everyone is there, of course. He's like, so, suppose you've come to whine or something about something that I've done or something that I'm not doing, but I'm not interested, I'm performing. Moderator says, we're not here for that. We're here to observe. Um, several of the objects that are in midair, like, jag violently in one direction or the other, uh, but then they correct, uh, and there's this big, intricate pattern forming in the air. There's figure eights, and they become sine curves, and so on and so forth. Geometric shapes. Sharp, just sort of does an abrupt heel turn and is facing them. He's got a cut on his face. Fergus looks around. He can sort of see things, even though they're moving too fast, because this is inside his mind. And he realizes a lot of these objects are very, very sharp. They have points. They are dense. This is all dangerous stuff. Um, a couple of them are on fire. One of them's a cup of acid. <laughs> uh, sorry, throwback. You know, sharp, sharp heel turns and is looking at them. Uh, it's just like, well, get on with it. What do you want? Fergus just nods. Says, I don't want anything. Except... I owe you an acknowledgement. You... Well, you... You kept me alive. All of us. You've kept us all alive many times. Of course, you've almost gotten us killed a few times as well, but the, the, the point is, it worked more often than it didn't, and I suppose I should thank you for that. Sharp's like, I don't want that. That's not interesting to me. He spins around again. He's like, being alive is a consequence. Being able to do the work. And uh, he's been sort of conducting this whole symphony of moving objects. And he suddenly just stops moving his hands. All of these strange, sharp, burning, glittering, misshapen things form this mosaic. This, um, they form a pattern in the air. They're all different colors and shapes and stuff, so they make like a mosaic. And the image is, the image is a man leaving a building with a broken window. Sharp has paused several small things in midair to make them 
look like the window of this building slowly bursting outward. Um, the building is like four-ish stories, sort of concrete, brutalist architecture. It's got one of those like stone plinth kind of things out front in the in the driveway area. Um, the the letters are indistinct, but it's the sort of like no nonsense signage that a federal building would get. And uh, the man walking out of the office, the man leaving the building, has a family resemblance. Sharp points at the window. And he's like, that could have been and he points at the figure. Him. He could have died before he ever gave birth to us because those idiots did their work irresponsibly, recklessly, like cowards. All they cared about was their precious nation-state. Moderator looks at Fergus. Have you seen enough? And Fergus just holds up a, a hand with... He's, he holds up one finger and Sharp turns around, gestures at Moderator, and there's like a cloud of stuff floating around him all of a sudden, circling him. It's like, you think you know what's best for everyone all the time. So disciplined. This isn't the sort of situation that calls for discipline. This. And now he turns to Fergus isn't a tragedy. This should be a revenge story. And Fergus just sort of nods like, yep, okay, got it. He looks back at moderator. The two of them turn around. Sharp is like, fine, weaklings, I'll do it myself. And they're outside the building. Fergus looks at moderator and he's like, this should be so <laughs> obviously I, I I can't not for my sake, but especially not for anyone's anyone else's that that side of me is just moderator says you had to give expression to it. you've always had to since you made the choice to take up this life when you tried to build the monstrous squadron. He expressed himself through you as the knife, did he not? So, you can't deny it. But you must keep it in balance. Otherwise. And Fergus just nods. It's like that terrible, that nightmare, that that awful creature, can they really be what they say they are? Can, can time be embodied? It, do, it doesn't make any... Moderator says, when has anything made sense since you put on the mask? Fergus just nods. <sighs> All right. All right. I've seen enough. 
it's it's him he points towards Gray's theater as the sort of horrible light refracted through the he points at Sharp's theater ugly bloody prism of him that's that's me sorrow filtered through rage I'm I'm and moderator steps up and puts his hands on Fergus's shoulders. He says, you're leaving something important out. And Fergus looks back at him. It's like, how did, how did you, how do you exist? Moderator says, emotions and reason aren't mutually exclusive. You can feel, but you can also think. In fact, you must do both. The point is, you decide. You aren't tugged along by either of them. You make a choice. Consciously. As aware as possible of the consequences. What do you choose now? And Fergus closes his eyes. And that's the end of that. Moderator looks at the querent, Fergus Prime, and nods approvingly. Says, absolutely. But there's a few other things to always consider. And they kind of step back and extend an arm dramatically. And you see playhouses, theaters, uh, you know, of every make, shape, design, color, you know, combination, just stretch past what you can see into the darkness. And moderator says, you're forged in sorrow filtered through rage, but humans are infinitely more complex than that. But we'll leave that for another time.